would never think the person that's slowest on the team would be the one that's talking about the most. Welcome to Speaking Queerly, a podcast hosted by Kaleidoscope Youth Center, an LGBT youth center located in Columbus, Ohio. I'm Mallory. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the civic engagement and advocacy manager here at KYC. I'm Lane. I use they, them pronouns, and I'm the community education and research manager at KYC. How are you doing, Lane? I feel like it's been a minute since we've had you on as a co-host, so it's good to have you back. Good to be back. We've got a lot of excitement here happening, but let's first talk about, let's debrief the day. I need to debrief my day. I don't know about you, but... Well, it started at 4 in the morning. <laughs> started at 5.45 in the morning. This is I promise this is all timely, right? This is all relevant to the conversation today, but we did have swim practice this morning. Yes. And Lane did something, a set that I probably would have enjoyed doing a little bit more, but... It was just like a distance set, I guess? Yeah. yeah. Deceivingly so, because yeah. it was broken up quite a bit. It but was fun. Yeah, it was. I'm glad I started my day swimming because I feel like I decompress a little bit and start off with a little bit more energy, um, which I needed because I actually just got back from being at the Ohio State House. Whoa. Yeah. For, again, this is relevant, um, for a hearing of House Bill 6, the transgender athlete ban here in Ohio. Uh-huh. And this was the bill's second hearing, and it was for proponent testimony, so not opponent. So I was really just there, a face in the crowd to... To scowl or roll my eyes at some of the speakers. Some folks caught me on the Ohio channel rolling my eyes. And honestly, good. Not even mad about it. I wish I had been making worse faces than that. Um, That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Did you catch any of the hearing at all? No, I wasn't watching it. Honestly, good for you. Thank I you. We, we kind of shared on the KYC social media that this was happening, but I also was like, don't feel compelled to watch because... Yeah. Proponent testimony is always just like naysayers and they just say misinformed things so yeah misinformation was definitely the name of the game and just misogyny i i it really rubs me the wrong way as i mean a lot of the things during this testimony <laughs> rub me the wrong way but specifically when like cisgender women are up there saying men are always faster and stronger and better at sports than women i'm like really you're gonna go up there and be like yeah boys are faster than me i play like a girl you know Mm -hmm. yeah we should we should move beyond the you throw like a girl joke yes and it's not even being used as a joke they're just like owning up to like oh yeah like i'll never be as good we're just we're (laughs) just so dainty and cute and then you know we we cannot play sports as good as the boys you know so we also just the like whole um like I'm trying to figure out an articulate way to word this, but so much of their argument is like, oh, well, we don't want sports to be unfair, so we need to get rid of the people who are slaughtering the competition. It's like, okay, cool. So all basketball players should be five five foot five because it's not fair if you're tall and you play basketball. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like all football players should weigh 100 pounds because it's not fair if you're big and strong and can tackle better. I don't know anything about football, but like... Yeah, I couldn't even tell you what like features would serve you well in each sport (laughs) right right but like that's again assuming that you know people assigned male at birth are going to be stronger faster whatever you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then assuming that they are going to have an inherent competitive advantage which is not true right i was watching i've been on a kick watching like sports documentaries lately Mm -hmm. and so yesterday i watched um something about caitlin tui who's a distance runner who's now i think still in college and it's just like absolutely crushing like national records Uh in the adult division even when she was still a child so what about her 
Right. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, there's no guarantee that your age, your height, your weight, your strength, your gender, your sex assigned at birth, like there's no guarantee that any of those things will right. make the, make you a better athlete. But anyway, I just had to get all that off my chest because there was yeah. a lot to listen to. But excitingly and relevantly, we have a really cool guest here on Speaking Queerly today who mm -hmm. we're so excited to introduce you to. Um, and we'll, we'll let her introduce herself. So let's let's just kick to the interview. So, Nix, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. We're so excited to have you here. You get to uh, wear the badge of honor that you're the first KYC youth to be a guest on Speaking Queerly. So, welcome. <laughs> um, normally, when we have a guest on, we like to read their bio and introduce themselves. But I want to hear you introduce yourself. Why don't you tell us you know, your name, pronouns, a little bit about yourself? Okay. I, uh, I'm Nix, she, her, I'm 14, uh, freshman in high school. Uh, I, uh, like I kind of collect knowledge for fun, if that makes sense. It does. Like I'll just kind of learn about random stuff. What, and, what are you currently learning about? Oh, it's not in any topic. I just get knowledge and then I you learn all that I can in like 10 minutes about it. And then I drop it until someone brings it up. So it means you're a really good person to have on someone's trivia team, yeah. right? Yeah, I actually am on the trivia team for my school. Nice. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. On the practice session, I did really well. And then on the actual first game, I got no points. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. It's how yeah. it goes. Well, yeah. Is there anything else you want to share about who you are? Um. I mean, as it relates to today, I'm trans. Cool. I think that's it. And when this episode is airing, it will be Trans Day Visibility. So here you are being visible and speaking queerly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Um, as you know from our drop-in center, you know that we always kick things off with an add-on question. So I think when we are some behind the scenes magic here for those who are not actually with us, and if you want to pretend like you're here with us, you can actually watch what you're listening to on YouTube as well. Um, but if you're not here with us, you know, you don't know that our setup is quite condensed, right? And as we were setting things up, whatever, we were kind of joking about like the emoji faces that we were making as we were trying to like contort ourselves into this space, right? So we want to know, what is your most used emoji? Yeah, start. So while I don't use emojis very often, I do use that like less than three and then add on an ungodly amount of threes. Yes. Or uh, slashes. So like the old-fashioned emoji heart right yeah i love that wow. yes sometimes i feel like i use that more when i'm like kind of like awkward like not actually meaning love it's just like oh yeah no i do that as like uh um i do that as like uh it's like oh yes this is my mm. yeah like uh, mm. cool so glad that's cool. happening yeah i feel that how about you lane uh, I just checked before the episode, and it's the sobbing emoji. Oh, yeah, like like the OG, like like just the straight tears. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I, I think I use it like unironically. <laughs> right, I could never. I think 
my most used, and I guess I didn't check, but the the face that like I'm not gonna be able to do it, but like the one that's kind of like a squiggle, like mm, like like you just got punched in the face. Y- yeah, kind of like the mm, this is this is awkward and weird. Maybe I'll like pop in these emojis when I edit oh, the yeah. video, right? So we can see. But you know, I'm talking about like the mm, okay, oh, whatever. I think Nyx is like really doing yeah that yeah. That. That's probably the closest we've got. <laughs> that or like the face palm one. That one again, unironic, mm-hmm. but you know, you can you can see where we're coming from here. I'm surrounded by oldie moldies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Nyx. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, this is where I don't admit that I'm using like the laughing emoji one, right? Because <laughs> I don't ever do that. <laughs> I was listening at home. <laughs> well, cool. So, Nyx, one of the reasons why we really wanted to have you on the podcast, first off, is because... Lane and I are just only ever wanting to talk about swimming right now. Like I've (laughs) recruited them to join the team that I swim with. And now I'm really excited because I have someone to talk to about all the time. But one of the things that you and I first bonded over when I first met you was how you're a swimmer too. And something that I think is like, unfortunately, really timely is talking about trans athletes in sports, right? Because like, like any other high school athlete, you probably like didn't expect this to be like a big thing, right? You're just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to swim, whatever. But yeah. unfortunately, you never think the person that's slowest on the team would be the one that's talked about the most. Right. Good <laughs> point. Yeah. So that, that brings up a, a question for me. So you're, you're on the swim team how would you describe like where you fall on the team like I guess you jumped right into it yeah at the bottom pretty much I have chronic pain in my legs so practicing as much as everyone else is difficult so then I end up getting times that aren't nearly as good as anyone else but compared to myself I do improve like over uh, I started the season with I think like a 45 uh, second PR for the 50 free and then ended it with I think like a 38. No way. Okay, that's that's like a lot of time to drop off in the 50 free too. Wait, also like I hadn't done any workout for the past year. Right. Since the season ended, the previous season ended, but still. Right. Yeah, no one has to know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. So how long have you been swimming? I started swimming in sixth grade for a team, but I've always been really into swimming. Like, uh, instead of going on like water slides or anything, whenever I'd go to like a water park, I'd always just be swimming just because it was fun to have that water rush by you. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally relate to the feeling. There's nothing quite like hearing the bubbles go past Mm -hmm. your ears and just kind of feeling like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, isolated in a way like yeah i never actually got the sound of the bubbles until just that last season because i could never swim fast enough for the (laughs) bubbles to be right by my ears there you go oh that's cool that you're getting to experience a different level then too Mm -hmm. that's awesome one thing i love about swimming is that like i'm constantly humming is there like kind of like yeah. like sounds every <laughs> single second that I am underwater I am humming and then I'm always kind of self-conscious because I'm like okay no one can hear this right because I'm like everyone else is humming to themselves too and I don't hear them so but then I'm like is everyone else not humming and that's why I'm not breathing as well but no just the fact that I can't breathe very well but I think the humming helps your breathing too because it helps yeah. like regulate your exhaling mm-hmm. too and Mallory told me that humming helps clear water out of your nose like when you do a flip turn yeah i still can't do flip turns really nope they're so scary they send me into fight or flight yeah i've been trying to do flip turns since i was in sixth grade and 
I think I got to do it uh, back when I still could do meeps. Uh, I think I got to do a total of one flip turn, and I got disqualified because I did too many strip because uh, it was backstroke, oh. and I flipped over too early. Yep, mm. that'll get you. Yeah. There are so many rules in swimming that I totally don't understand. Right, yeah. and they're always changing too. Mm. You know, without this turning into mm. like a total like nuances of swimming <laughs> rules podcast, um, they just changed the backstroke rule of like how you can finish too. So I'm like. Like they did? Yeah. Instead of like, now? so before you had to touch on your back, but like your head had to be above water, like most of your body had to be above water. Now with like a few meters to go or yards, depending on what pool, you can dive under and just dolphin kick on your back to the wall. I'm sorry, what? Right. It's uh, to me, it sounds like a, a concussion waiting to happen, but yeah, I've broken this tooth, <laughs> or these two front teeth because I was uh, doing backstroke and I didn't realize I was too close to the wall and I flipped over. Oh. And and I slammed my teeth into there and they shattered Ouch. right up to the base of the teeth. Oh my goodness. So these two are completely fake. I I never would they have They look great. One. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, that's, I'll just say for the listeners at home, I uh, also swim and have mostly no idea what they're talking about with the rules. Right, right. Yeah. It, for those who have more questions about swimming, please let us know if you're like, email me at right, email me at mallory at kycohio.org. I'm always happy to talk about flip turns and USA swimming regulations. <laughs> anyway, so you said you started swimming when you were in sixth grade. <laughs> You're now in ninth grade. Yes. And when did you first come out as trans? Because I know you mentioned saying when I used to do meets. Like, when did you first yeah, come out as trans? I came out in seventh grade. I didn't do, uh, I, I wasn't in the team that year because, you know, 2020. Right. Um, but I, yeah, it was, that's when I came out and everything happened pretty quickly after that. It was like winter. Mm hmm. Wow. So like you went into the pandemic or like pre pandemic, you had not yet come out. Yes. Pandemic happens. You're coming out. You're like, you know, starting to present differently, I imagine. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden you come back and you're like rejoining the sport that you had done before. And like, tell me a little bit about what that was like to kind of get back into the swing of things. So I was coming back uh, last year in the winter. And um that's when I was first starting to know that there was so much about trans women in sports. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just so confused because, again, I was the slowest on my team. Mm -hmm. And I was also one of the oldest on my team. Mm -hmm. So I was just like... In what way is this unfair exactly? Right. Did, was that a conversation that ever came up like as you were swimming? Like, did your coach ever mention this to you or any of your teammates? Or was this something that you were just receiving from the outside and having to? So I knew about it a little bit. One of my coaches uh, was talking to me about meets, though, and was like, yeah, if you're going to go to a meet, you would have to be uh, in the boys part with a approved boys suit mm. so yeah so that's something that i've had to do a lot of research into myself because i'm a swim coach for a youth league here in columbus or a youth team and one of our swimmers who i coach is trans as well and she's um a trans girl and so we've had to look into that about like what can she wear who can she compete as who does she have to compete as and one thing so for those who aren't as familiar OHSAA the Ohio High School Athletic Association they've had this set of guidelines in place for about a decade that talks about like how 
you know, somebody who identifies as a trans person, like can compete on this uh, sports team that aligns with their gender identity. And it involves, of course, like having to be um, on hormones for a certain period of time. And you have to like go and have physicals, you know, to, to, to see, you know, of course, because they're looking for quote unquote unfair advantages. Right. Um, but for USA swimming, which is what like a lot of sports, you know, USA even non-USA teams fall under those guidelines, you actually don't have to do any of that. You don't have to prove any of your hormone levels. Um, even if you're not on hormones, they don't care unless you're competing at the elite level. So unless you're making it to junior Olympics or junior nationals, things like that, they just don't care. You know, if you're just swimming for a, a dual meet or whatever. Um, so I think it's interesting then that your coach was just like, oh no, you'd have to swim as a boy. Yeah. I also think I want to take a second to note that when rules like that are in place, it suggests that in order for a trans person to be valid, they have to medically transition Oh, 100%. and have to want that medical transition. And that is not part of the definition of being trans at all. Lots of people yeah. choose not to medically transition. Also, uh, on that note, I have been on a wait list to get blockers for two years and eight months. So, like, if I had started that, uh, if I had, like, if I was old enough and I had started HRT then, I would have been swimming in meets by now. Right. So the fact that this rule exists and it takes into account so many factors that are beyond your control. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, if it were up to me, I'd be doing this, right? But you can't control the wait list. You can't control yeah. how soon that you're able to get that. That's, yeah. that is so frustrating. So... Talk us through, Wait, like, uh -huh. go ahead. Correction, one year and eight months. Not one two. year and eight months. But still, that still would have still, been enough time yeah. to, to meet the guidelines, you know? Mm -hmm. That's so frustrating. Um, So now you're in high school. You've been swimming for your high school's team. Tell us a little bit about what that's like. So, um, uh, for, like, I was swimming for my high school team. I just go to practices and then maybe I'll watch a meet, but like the meets are very loud, so mm -hmm. I usually don't. Um, but yeah, I just kind of swim there. And then whenever my school would do like awards for stuff or like sports, I couldn't get recognized by them because I wasn't competing officially. Like last year, my time dropped from uh, a minute 15 to 45, wow. which is massive that is huge and that's in the 50 freestyle yes that is awesome amazing and uh someone else got the award for most improved because they because they dropped by 10 seconds and so when you are like you're talking about your prs do you you know does your coach give you the opportunity to swim these events during practice to to try to beat your best time or yeah but it's only in like a it's on a piece of paper now that's going to be lost and it's not going to be put on anything else kind of way. That is so frustrating. And and for those who are listening, like if you've never done a swim practice and Lane, feel free to chime in. Swim practices are not easy. No. <laughs> I almost threw up five times when I made my 100 free PR. Right. Right. And so it's not like you're doing these practices and like, oh, you're just floating on your back, right? Like you are working your butt off mm -hmm. day in and day out. And I then describe... to not be able to... Oh, sorry. No, no, go for it, Lane. I describe swimming as like... Is... 
<laughs> Scrap swimming is like either distance running or sprinting, depending on the event, but mm-hmm. without the air. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's just what is so amazing to me is that you're putting yourself through this, going to every practice, like showing up, being there with your team and not being able to do the fun part, so to speak. I wasn't even at, the, I, w- I wasn't even going to the like standard, like, oh, you have it at like four o'clock practices. I had it at five o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. Or not five, sorry, six in the morning. But still. Still very early. Still. So I had early. to wake up at five to get there. So you were waking up at five, getting into a cold pool at six in the morning, which again, Lane, I'm looking to you like, we know it's not. We say this so many times during the week. And it's in the winter too. So granted, it's an indoor pool, but you're still cold. You're jumping into a cold pool. You're swimming for however long the practice is. You know, you're doing all of this work that, you know. Largely goes unrecognized. It does. Yeah. Yeah. 100% goes unrecognized. Yeah. So like, how does that how does that make you feel? I mean, I can imagine, but it's really frustrating. Yeah. Like I, my swim coach hasn't seen that kind of improvement, that 30 second improvement from last year in a really long time. And the only way that that can be recognized is in a one-off that you just mentioned at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. That was only heard by me. It was like, what? Okay. But that ultimately means nothing to anything. Right. What about, like, tell me what you do get out of swimming, right? Because, like, part of, you know, you're not just, like, you know, doing these really challenging workouts and being like, oh, yeah, I love almost throwing up five times. But, like, what are some of the good things you get out of it? Uh, I get uh, a sense of community with the other swimmers um it's just be- the feeling of being free in the water mm-hmm. and while i'm not it can feel like that for the couple of seconds right after a dive uh i may be really anxious going into it but then i get in the water and it's all gone mm-hmm. just for those couple of seconds but that's enough Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm like getting chills. I know you can't tell cause I'm wearing a sweater, but like, <laughs> cause that's how I always felt like, and still do feel, you know, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling stressed from whatever's going on in your day. You're feeling like, I don't know, just like the literal and metaphorical, like grime of the day on you, you know, and you just jump in and all of a sudden it's like, okay, none of that matters because mm-hmm. I'm in the water. I'm free. I love how you described it as that. Yeah. As somebody who hasn't been swimming as long, it's not quite freedom. It's more like I have to stay above the water. Actually, when you first get in, you have to stay below the water. True. True. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Heads up freestyle is not fun either, but right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing is like so many people are playing sports to get that feeling. You know what I mean? Because I imagine, I don't know, I don't know anything about soccer and I'm not coordinated enough to kick a ball well, but me soccer, neither. that was my sport. So yeah. So Lane, you could tell us like, did you feel that way when you were playing soccer growing up? Like, did you have that same feeling of just like release? I definitely did. I would be kind of like the person on my team that would like yell and rally people and just be in the middle of the field. So focused on the game that kind of everything else would fall away. Right. Yeah. I'm actually the reason that three of the people, I or no, sorry, two of the people, just one. Actually, <laughs> just, just funny. <laughs> uh, 
Still, that's enough. I was the reason that one of the people stayed through most of the season because they just couldn't they couldn't handle it. But then being able to swim with someone that they were friends with, uh, just like uh, just kept them going there for a little while. Uh, they did end up getting hurt near the end of the season and couldn't come back. But for the rest of the season, yeah, I love that. And also, just knowing that helped. Yeah. That's so important. It's making an impact on even just one person. Like, they're going to remember how you made them feel for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Are you planning to continue swimming throughout high school? Yeah. I love that. And Even though I may hate it, I have a love-hate relationship with it. Oh, for sure. As I'm pretty sure all swimmers do. It is cardio. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. But afterwards, like during and when you first jump in, you're like, oh, this is awful. Why <laughs> Why do I do this? And then afterward, you're like, I just swimming. You just did that. Right. Yeah, you survived that. Um, so tell me a little bit about like, so you talked about that one teammate. I want to know, like, would you say that your teammates are accepting of you or like, yeah, T- tell me yeah. more about that. Um, they just like, they just get angry on my behalf at these stuff. Uh, and like, there's not much that they can do, but where they can, they do try to support me for the most part with the people that I have interacted with. That's wonderful. That's really awesome. Cause I know something that like, you know, I, I think about too. And when I think about the swimmer who I coach too, something I just really, like feel for. And Lane, you could definitely jump in and tell us more about this too. Cause like, it's one thing to be a transgender athlete who's playing like soccer. I'll use that as the example. Men's soccer uniforms are very similar to women's, you know what I mean? Same kind of like you're wearing the long shorts and the Jersey, whatever. But with swimming, it is so revealing. And when we think about bodies, like we can talk about body image just generally and how like hard that is. But then I imagine like, being someone who's trans and like having to wear a certain swimsuit and being so exposed, like that is just a whole other level of just, you know, bravery and confidence and just like, you know, that you have to bring to it too. Yeah. I actually, uh, just wear a women's swimsuit because, uh, like there's not restrictions on what I can wear. So I just, you know, just wear a women's swimsuit, but it is still so incredibly revealing mm-hmm. to put on just because then you have to be so vigilant about how it's all fitting in everywhere and if it doesn't do it right then you can end up with such a horrible feeling that it'll ruin your day or your week like yeah yeah I know for me um, I recently started swimming on Mallory's team as she mentioned and Uh, I also around the same time started testosterone. And so I'm very early on in the process, but I am seeing my body change and my muscles develop just because I have that hormone uh, in greater amounts than I've had before. And so I had a swimsuit and now it's, I'm not fitting in it the same way and I'm not as comfortable. And it really does. It takes you out of that like free headspace um, and puts you right back into like gender dysphoria because your body's on display and like you just want to be able to focus on a workout and you're just surrounded by that discomfort that kind of follows you around the rest of the day anyway. And so that like moment of peace that you are counting on unfortunately gets messed up. And so like, that's just the price that you pay with such a revealing 
like outfit and mm -hmm. it has to be that way because like swimming has lots of drag so mm -hmm. yeah really and then you have to go get dressed in some public restroom right yeah right and that's like a whole other thing too because it's like why won't you get off oh yeah right. peeling a wet swimsuit off my least favorite feeling <laughs> plus it's just the feeling of like going from being wet to like being damp damp yeah i wasn't i wasn't gonna say the word i'm glad you went there next thanks <laughs> it's the only right word it is it is it's true. except maybe a word that people don't, hate more. don't go there no. i was gonna say it y'all can y'all can uh use your imagination there but um yeah so it, it really is just like the the fact that you're going through all of this you're experiencing the gender dysphoria you're having to figure out like the locker room situation, whatever, all of these things, and you don't even get to compete for your high school. Yeah. I, I just... And that also prevents you from, like, lettering in the sport. Right. Mm. It's... Nix and... is nodding her head. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, not that your varsity letter means anything, right? Like, mine's probably sitting in a box somewhere, like, collecting a million dust mites. Mm. But it's still, like, it It matters to you now. You know what I mean? And And that's, like the hallmark of that experience too you don't get to yeah it to get varsity i don't remember what the exact percentages uh, were but it's like 75 ish percent of meets and practices that you have to go to and i go to probably 90 95 percent of the practices but none of the meets so ultimately i can't do anything because i can't go to the meets mm -hmm. that's so frustrating well, what are some of your, so you talked about your, your times, what are some of your proudest moments from being a swimmer? Like, what are you most proud of having accomplished so far? So this past season, I like going into it, I couldn't maintain my breath long enough to do more than a breath every two strokes. And then throughout the season, I just tested myself and I got to the point where I could do a 50 doing one every five. Nice. Um, and then also I couldn't uh, breathe well enough to get uh, through a 100. And then by the end of the season, I broke my PR, I think, five times. Oh, my That's gosh. amazing. To get down to time of 138, I think. That's, That's so amazing. Cool. I'm so proud of you. I, I love that. And I love that you, like, it seems like all things considered, you are being able to have the space during practice to work toward a PR. You know what I mean? Like you have that chance to to try to get your best time. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not the same as doing it in a meet, but I love that you still have that drive to be able yeah. to like, you know, better yourself, improve your times and like challenge yourself. Um, what is, what is something, and you know, I'm sure there are a lot of things you want to say to people who are, uh, transphobic to people who like don't think you should be able to compete for your high school but what are some things that you'd want to say that like maybe help clear up misconceptions or just like what do you wish they knew about you just because you're trans doesn't mean you're going to be better at it that's just misogyny with extra steps <laughs> that's just like implying that men are better than women at everything automatically with so much less work but like that's just not going to be true like the fastest people on my team last year were like the three fastest were all girls really uh yeah and like this year like what the fastest are boys sure but like they're the not at distance by any means sure and like not by everything by so much like there are a couple standouts 
but like just because you were born a boy you're not going to be more athletic that's just misogyny it is yeah and it, it kind of invalidates obviously it invalidates your experience also implies that trans women are men right, right. exactly exactly and it, it, yeah it's it, i love how you describe that just misogyny with extra steps i will be taking that yeah with me <laughs> right right yeah because it's you know and and that's something I noticed with the team that I coach too, is that there are so many people who are fastest swimmers who are the cis, cisgender girls on the team. Yeah. You know, it's not the cis boys who are blowing because especially, you know, when you're 12, 13, 14, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Like puberty hits everyone at different times. And so like, you know, the, the typical, like huge muscles, you know, super tall, whatever, a lot of times cis guys aren't developing that until even like late in high school, early college too, you know? So like for most people, when they're competing at the high school level, that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And even once they get to college, oftentimes doesn't matter. Like there's not that huge difference. Yeah. Also like uh, a point of like a point that transphobes will try to bring up when it comes to swim is Leah Thomas. But like she stayed the same distance from the world records at, from the world record after she transitions like before she was like uh, i forget how long it was this one distance of time from the world record and then after she transitioned same amount of time from right. the world record right and and honestly i i don't remember it was the 500 freestyle that she won is i don't that correct? remember i think it was the 500 freestyle it was around this time last year at the ncaa um like championships for for swimming and i'll you know correct myself if i'm wrong but that's kind of what i remember so that's that's what nix is talking about i'm so glad you brought that up because yeah the First off, I was like, when's the last time anyone has cared about swimming that much, except for when Michael Phelps was in the Olympics? You yeah. Know, everyone was claiming. And also, like, if we're going by um, advantages at birth, then, like, Michael Phelps shouldn't be allowed to. He had so many, like, genetic advantages, just, like, massive hands and feet and, like, a giant body, like, mm -hmm. super tall. Like, that's just going to give you so much advantage against someone that's, like, five foot six with... Yeah tiny little hands also this whole argument against trans athletes is just coming from a scarcity mindset of like mm -hmm. there can only be like one greatest athlete in every sport mm -hmm. and like why can't we follow nix's lead and celebrate individual wins with each swimmer because no matter what you're doing in your life there's always going to be somebody who's better than you or somebody who's worse than you and so mm -hmm. like we mm -hmm. just have to accept that reality and celebrate everybody's like what everybody's bringing to the table right because there's not going to be like the one greatest it's going to change all the time right yeah. so just the whole argument is frustrating right because even like you know as a cisgender girl who competed in high school swimming it's not like oh just because you know there were no openly trans swimmers on my team therefore i was the greatest and i got all these no I was not, you know what I mean? <laughs> Very much not. You know what I mean? So I love how you pointed out that scarcity mindset that it's not like, oh, just because you're on the team now, nobody on your team can be fast. Nope. It is just Nick's like, and we can talk about biological advantages for until the cows come home, but <laughs> why don't we talk about the emotional sandbags of existing as a trans person in a world that wants you to die? Also, if we're talking biological advantages, how is having chronic pain a biological advantage right right it's like quite literally mm -hmm. despite all these odds like yeah. here you are still going at it yeah 
and absolutely crushing it. A hundred percent. Okay. Well, next, thank you so much. I, I understand that like we've now just drilled you and made you think <laughs> about all of these things that are like, oh yeah, all of these things that suck. Let's think about it. Right. But like, I just want to say thank you so much. I, I always love talking to you about swimming. I love just talking to you in general. And we're so happy to have you here on the podcast. And yeah. I know we're all going to be rooting for you in this next swim season to, you know, take that what 38 seconds we're going to, we're going to break 30 this season. Right. Uh, actually, I don't think it was 38. Uh, 38 was the, it was minute 38 for my 100. It was, oh. I think it was 35, 34. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're going to break 30 seconds. That's, that's my goal for you. <laughs> I will be anxiously awaiting the news. Awesome. Well, thank you, Nix. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Speaking Queerly. If you like what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to KYC on all social media platforms at KYC Ohio. And please, if you like what you're listening to, go to kycohio.org slash donate to make a donation. You can either make a one-time donation or you can sign up to be part of our unity circle. And all of your contributions helps KYC um, continue to perform or you know provide the services that we do, including drop-in center programming, education, outreach, housing, um, behavioral health supports, um, community-based wellness, and tools like this podcast that you're listening to right now. Yeah. And if you have a question or a topic that you want featured on an episode, uh, feel free to email Mallory at M-A-L-L-O-R-Y at KYCOhio.org. Thank you for reminding the listeners. I totally forgot to shout that out. Now you're welcome. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening and we can't wait to see you again. Talk to you again soon. Except you don't talk back. That's true. Yeah. I, you could if you sent me an email. We'd Whoa. love to hear you. We could have a conversation. Right. See how that just happened. I know. <laughs> talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye.